Hello, hello, my sweet, beautiful nobodies. How have you all been? You've gotten so tall. You're all growing up so fast, I feel like I'm missing out on your most formative years when, when life steals, you know, life steals us away for so long. Sorry that we've missed your all-star Little League game. We'll, we'll make it up to you. I'll tell you what. We will pick you up and bring you to Toys R Us this weekend, and you can pick out any toy you want. Promise. Anyway, the super cool thing about tonight's episode is that it is in earnest a celebration. This is our humble little idiot show for smart dum-dums 150th episode. Now I know that Chris and I very often say that we do this show for us and the laughs that it brings us and, and even if no one else in the world ever enjoyed it, we would still do it because we love to. Well, on this momentous occasion of getting, you know, like halfway to 300, I would like to turn that sentiment on its head. Those of you out there that follow us or have followed us for the years that we've produced this show in times of ease and in times of great turmoil, as well as the times when the demanding road of life had an all-encompassing grasp on our free time. Those of you that have been here for everything, I want to hear from you. I want to know why you've stuck with us. I want to know what it is about this sometimes sloppily researched but always wholehearted passion project of ours that speaks to you. Have we helped you through tough times? Is it just background noise at work? Does it feel like you're talking with old friends? Do you fucking hate listen? I just just wanted to use the intro of this episode that I never thought we would ever get to as a chance to get to know the people who we, in all truthfulness, make the show for. Fuck, even if you're new to this, I want to hear from you and what you expect of us and, uh, and what you'd like to hear more of. Sometimes I feel like, like maybe if we had a little more of a nudge from the people who enjoy what we do, that we could make a more convincing excuse to our demanding lives in order to make more time to do this thing that we love to do. So please email us at snhnsnpod at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Let us know how you feel. In all truthfulness, we're just trying to look cool when we say that we only do the show for ourselves. Because the people out there, you nobodies, are and always have been who we want to laugh and who we want to amaze and, and creep the fuck out and scare and console. And we can't wait to hear from you.
I remember when uh, when um, when Rob Van Winkle was That's being right. uh, sued for using under pressure, and he's like, "No, there's like an extra hi hat hit right at the end." So it's doom 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 doom. That's what makes it okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, "You're fucking stupid." Every time under pressure comes on on my car radio now, I I instantly uh, go into rapping. I oh, yeah. Ice baby. Yeah, yeah. No, if if you don't, you you're not. You yeah. weren't at all Mm-mm. under the impression that you were cool in the '90s. Correct. As a white kid, and I've, I've told Melissa on many occasions. Uh, every white boy from the '90s knows all of the words to Ice Ice Baby, and Jump Around by House of Pain. Uh, yeah, and I told Melissa on numerous occasions that I'm cooler than her, but mm-hmm. you know, not to her face. Remains to be seen, you know? doesn't it? Either way, mm-hmm. welcome. Welcome to another uh, bygone era episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. The rip roaringest. Ah, shit. I really don't know what usually comes after that. I thought I was going to, like, it was going to come to me when I started. I don't know. What exactly is a rip roar? Rip roaring? Um, you know, I, I don't know that it has a definition. I think it just kind of, in, in this context... Mm-hmm. Uh, in this economy, in, in this particular context, is to ramp up the excitement of the UFOs, conspiracies, and murders that we may or may not be talking about. Who knows? Papa. Who knows? We we might just talk about. Um, I don't know. Ice Ice Baby. Okay, you know, Rob Van Winkle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. You fucking genius, you. Why did you change it? Nothing rhymes with Winkle. <laughs> you know. A wrinkle. <laughs> Tingle, twinkle, uh huh. Um, uh-huh. But anything cool that, that makes Van a good rap Winkle name? Twinkle to to. Of course, I've, I've heard some pretty shitty rap names though. Yeah. Some really, really questionable rap names. Your old rap name was pretty okay. <sighs> it was DJ Tit Tits. That's right. That's right. And I was the mm-hmm. Tits. Yeah. I was always like, why DJ though? Shouldn't you be like MC Tit Tits? And he's like, just come to the show and you'll see. And I never went to one of these shows. I was like, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with it. Uh-huh. So, Actually, I wanted to go with MJ, but they all said that that was, you know, that kind of sounded a little uh, on the fence, let's like, say. Yeah, like Michael J. Fox. You no, know, like Master do- of Jockeys. Mm. You know, I don't know that that. I'm pretty sure that Michael J. Fox is the Master of Jockeys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anywho yes so uh, we are back uh, to give you the business and the business that we're given is good because it's new episode time and that means that it is Chris's episode because that's how these things work when Chris wants them to Booyaka. and also blah, blah. happy 150th episode Motherfucker, a hundred and fifty times Man. we have been sitting here drilling you sons of bitches in the ear holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I guess with our word bitches as well. That's yeah. right. That's right. We and, have more mercilessly. Epi- we have more episodes than thirty rock had episodes. They had a hundred and thirty or some shit. Wow. Yeah, we are at one fifty. We outdid Liz Lemon. That's impressive. I mean, just doing Liz Lemon is is impressive enough for me, but... I would agree. But continue, please. I would agree. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you know, um, uh, yeah, it's been a while, and we apologize. I I am more profusely Mm -hmm. than than this ice hole, but... Mm -hmm. um, I've just been working my ass off. Yeah, there's been a lot going on, and I am easily um, distracted. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been being brought to my attention by someone with severe ADHD that I've probably living been living with ADD my whole fucking life and never knew it and and that's why I'm such a jumbled fucking I thought you were gonna say that I said it and I, and I was gonna be like why didn't you just say that I had beautiful eyes instead and just leave it at that I just thought it was normal to be so jumbly fucked all the time and, no and yeah you're supposed to be able to actually do things you know yeah I always wondered like how people actually get stuff done and drugs <laughs> drugs man so, that's the story <clears throat> that's you know story of our life so yeah it, it's it's been an interesting time here lately in these past couple of months boys and goyles but uh we, i do apologize and uh so here for the 150th i think i i brought the fire like the flame within flames uh, when i walked in his house he tried to set me on fire he's like that's what i'm bringing to the friendship that's right and i'm like i all right man just you know, warn a dude next time so I can not come over to be set on fire. And he's like, fire. You know, and I was playing that Nelly <clears throat> song too. So thankfully for me, he didn't take a cue and take off all his clothes. But yeah. um, it was getting hot in here. It, I mean, it, it has I did been. take off a modicum of clothing. There's but fire. We have kept it uh, tasteful. Yeah, yeah, tasteful, because there's cameras all over my house, and if Regina calls me and asks, why the fuck are you guys naked and setting each other on fire? Um, it's hard to set. That's going to be hard to explain. It's really hard to just set skin on fire, really. you got to have, like, I don't know, like, like at least, like, a lace teddy on or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, on that note, I think we're just going to fucking dive right in. Yeah, we use. Um, so buckle up. This is going to be fun. Uh, Hold on to your butts. We're going to talk about a few people in this one, and uh, they're all interesting characters. So, starting off, uh, we're going to talk about uh, poor sweet girly Chew. That is a candy name and not a name for a person. Girly Chew. Yeah, I assume girly was her uh, American Americanized nickname, uh, and that her real name was something more... Um, Malaysian, so... Do you know her? I like how you said that, Malay, Malaysian, like it, like you were saying, like, like, what it was, uh, like, uh, malaligned, uh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> horridness. Like, damn, dude, this guy really hates Malaysians. Among Asian countries, Malaysia gets the most scorn from my voice, apparently. Yeah, because all they did was add mal in front of where they're from. Well, I mean, you know, my, some of my people... Malaysia is Some of my like people it. do speak Spanish, and that is the word for bad, so... Malaysia. Malaysia. Anyway, mm -hmm. shut up. You shut it. Curly Chew <clears throat> was born <clears throat> on August 27th of 1963 in Malaysia uh, to Father Chu Ching Ken and Mother Chin Yok Wan. I... I don't like the liberty that you're taking in saying those names so well. Well, it bothers I mean, me that you can do that, and it makes me look foolish. And I will let you continue now, but I will have words after this is done. Perhaps I should be doing all the Asian episodes from now on, and uh, you just keep on murdering Russian at your leisure. Hey, man, <laughs> my Neither Russian can is say that top shit, notch these days. <laughs> 
Your Russian is certainly top notch for someone who is is attempting. Not right. Yeah, as long as you guys have never heard an actual Russian person before, I'm your dude. So she also had two siblings, uh, uh, a sister named Jun Chu and a brother named somehow Andrew Chu. Oh my god, I thought his name was somehow. <laughs> like <coughs> that funny. is that that could work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jun Chu and Drew Chu. <laughs> um, but neither none of these four people have any play in this story whatsoever. So mm-hmm. that's that's just where Gurley comes from. Uh, but when she was 21, she uh, got a job as a marketing rep at the Hong Kong Bank in Penang. And she became really close friends with uh, one of her co-workers named Susan. Um, and she and Susan apparently had this uh, uh, affinity for traveling or they wanted to travel and they wanted to, to go and see the world and uh, most especially uh, the U.S. apparently. So in 1989, she and Susan decided to come on over and cross the big, big pond and um red rover red rover send girly chew over that's right mm-hmm. choo 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 that's, know. that's choo. the sound that runaway trains make chris you're playing with fire mm. you're playing back with, off. Back with off. fire that you shouldn't have tried to light me on fire <laughs> let's 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 just slow down let's mm-hmm. just slow down. back on track that's where i wanted to be one more train pun reference mm. or pun or reference. That's actually a good Malaysian name too. Train pun. <laughs> <laughs> or would it be pun train? Pun train. Pun train. Anyway, <laughs> stop it! Stop it right now! I'm done. Stop. I've been <laughs> done forever. You, it, it's just gonna keep going, and not that it's not good. It's the, the problem is that it's good. You need you need to stop. I've uh, been dead for thirty years. So. It turned out that they enjoyed their time in the U.S. so much that they made it an annual thing. And uh, they kept coming back and back and back and back and back. Uh, like baby back, baby backs. I was about to say, I, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> now, that was definitely mushmouth for any machine trying to transcript whatever the fuck right. we Right, transcribe that shit, YouTube, transcribe, you bitch. That's right, my, man, that... I sh- you Damn read it. a transcript. Yes. A shitty machine yes. makes them from transcribing things from yes. a transcription. Yes. Yes. That's another really good Malaysian name, though. Transcription? I shall have you destroyed. That's fine. I probably deserve it a lot, actually. So, in the 90s, in the early 90s, uh, you know, so they started doing this annual trips in 89. Apparently, they only got through a couple of them. You know, each year uh, before that, she, girly, winds up meeting this dude. <sighs> so we're gonna we're, we're we're gonna stop the story there, and we're gonna go on to this dude. We're gonna talk about him real quick. You're always going and give his dudes. quickie quickie background. So this guy's name is Armand Chavez, and Armand Chavez, clearly Mexican, uh, born in Houston. On the on March fifth of nineteen sixty nine, to Yolanda and Armando Chavez, clearly Malaysian. Ah, uh, mm, most likely not. <laughs> so, around six or seven, maybe eight years old, his parents split up, and um, somehow his father was awarded custody. Uh, so they, uh, he and his 
siblings, an older sister, Susan, and two younger half-brothers, Enrico and Stanley, um, lived with their dad. Enrico. Enrico. Suave. Uh, Mom. Stanley. I don't know that song. (laughs) So, when he was 16, uh, Armand decided to split uh, because apparently he didn't like his stepmom. Which is an evil stepmom, do you know? We were talking about Disney movies earlier, so. True that, but no, it doesn't say. It just says he doesn't like, he didn't like her. Mm. She was probably just more um, strict than, than he felt like dealing with. Ah, gotcha. So he was a whiny bitch, and she was like, I'm just asking you to not have your underwear, like, in the living room. Like, if you're going to just throw it somewhere, there are other rooms in the house. Like, we have company all the time. You know, I I, I have my painting class that comes in today, and there's just, I'm like, who's on, I, mm-hmm. you know? Especially because said underwear were lace. And he was like, you're Stay a back. bitch. I hate you. You're not even my real mom. Probably, man. I mean, but there's there's not there's there's nothing in his background that says that he was, you know, a troublemaker or anything before the age of sixteen. Or, or I mean, there's no that's not trouble. That's just that's. that's I mean, a, it's, it's a, rebellion. That's a slice of pie life. It's rebellion. The life of pie slice. So he was actually described as a fairly compassionate kid, as um, they all usually are, right? Uh, but when he was in high school, he played some football and such and wound up, uh, getting this pretty severe head injury where he had to be mm-hmm. life flighted, uh, wow. life out of the, yeah, the field and stuff. And Man. he was in the hospital for about four days and it's his family and said, and shit said that he just never was the same after that. They yeah, four day hospital stay after a fucking head injury usually changes a person. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, but I mean, again, nothing, nothing to to say up until this, you know, this certain point uh, that anything was really, really off. You mm. know, necessarily, like there's nothing, no police record, no, no, nothing like that up until. This well, but you point. know, they said the same exact fucking thing about Robin Williams when he changed into Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. you know mm. yeah but i mean you know at least he was honest and he said uh you know i don't do the bullies because they used to be one that's right yeah so i'm gonna steal my family back at this dinner you yeah. guys make sure that i get fucking cake that was like one of my favorite lines in the whole fucking movie <laughs> i don't remember that line in the movie it's where he's trying to apply for it, but he's trying to apply under many different pseudonyms that are all shitty for the job, so that oh, yeah. when he actually shows up, that he's we automatically should, hired. We should do a, a, a commentary on Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, that movie's hilarious. I'm down. It's also terrible what that man does, and his wife should not take the, take him back, <laughs> and his kids should, by court's law not be allowed to see him it's not all that terrible it was pretty inventive he put on the guise of an old lady Mm -hmm. and got a job as a nanny for the children he was not allowed to see by law and and made his children fall in love with an old lady nanny whom he is not actually Right. He is a man, a hairy, hairy man. 
with Harry White now. questionable friends that help him dress and and become an old woman whose boobs can just catch fire like nothing and violate restraining orders and such. Yeah, I mean, I see. I you know, but I say he's dangerous, and I think that stops need to be put to him. Well, I mean, we can talk about all that on on another episode, but until then. We're I want to hear more about, about Girly Chew. I'm just saying talk I'm, about I'm, this asshole. I'm hoping that this comes into play. Is what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, they they said he was, you know, never really the same. But at the same time, he was still kind of a normal person. So he actually went on to uh, finish high school and attend college. Um, he went to Notre Dame in San Francisco. That explains a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Notre Dame guys. I have no idea if you're good or not. I just, you know, mm-hmm. Irish, mm-hmm. Irish and everything, you know. I oh, just, yeah. uh, you never trust uh, one of them limeys, Irish. And that's not limeys. I'm going to stop talking now. You go ahead. Also, we make fun of everybody, so, you know, take that. Not the Mexican mafia, we don't. That's true. Yeah, except for them. Those motherfuckers will cut your balls off and film it. So... Um, yeah, so he went to Notre Dame in San Francisco, (laughs) and when he was 23, he married his first wife, Rosemary Guerrero, on February 23rd in 1986. Okay. I was a three-year-old little boy, so I was safe from his prying hands. Mm -hmm. I was five. Not Um, safe from from most prying hands. Well, you know. There was that one time at church with your uncle. Well, you know, I run fast, and, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. That's also why I don't go barefoot anymore. Um, so, <clears throat> you got to learn lessons, is what he's saying, guys. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, so, at the assemblies of God Church in Gilroy, California, assemblies of God. Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure is. there was just one. One. Uh, name yeah. No. It, it totally threw me off. I'm. I'm thinking like the name of the church was God Church, and mm-hmm. the assemblies were just you know going to church. I think if they just named it God Church, they're being mighty presumptuous. I was saying, like, yeah, that's uh, uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. At the Assemblies of God Church in Gilroy, California. Uh, okay, so yes, that's it, his. That's where he got his marriage certificate, and so he listed his occupation on said marriage certificate um, as a technician for an immunology lab, which was a lie. Um, because he was actually still a college student with a part-time job at a hospital. Well, I mean, it could be more of a lie. He could work at Denny's and say that he's in immunology, well, whatever's. Fair enough. I'm just saying that maybe he's not all bad. But he wasn't even doing that well in college. Oh, that's, well then, no. I'm, I mean, he was passing. And he did pass. But he wasn't doing that well. He graduated in December of 87. With a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry. But shortly thereafter, uh, he and Rosemary had a baby. <laughs> and, right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dirty pillows. <laughs> that's from Carrie. It's not even from Rosemary's baby, but I figured I'd like to say that on recording just once. So, right around there is where, where we believe, well, I say we, but it's not me. I do believe, though, where, you know, the people who really investigate this kind of shit believe that this is this is right around the time that he starts going wacky jobs. So just like that Steve Jobs guy. 
he was applying, he started applying to a bunch of medical schools um, and he kept getting rejected. And in the late 80s, uh, Rosemary started seeing, started noticing that she started taking his own blood, like drawing his own blood. Like on a legal pad? Like pictures of it? Like drawing his own blood? I'm not even going to dignify that with a response, but uh, yeah, so he started like literally sticking himself and Mm -hmm. drawing his own blood. For what reason? He, we, we don't know. But um, she thought that was kind of weird. That's weird that she would think that's weird, don't you think? And I, well, I think a lot of things, but that's that's not necessarily one of them. No, I would think it's pretty weird too. Right around that time, he also started uh, calling himself or, or starting to, to use a, a pseudonym uh, and calling himself Diazen Hasenkoft. His name is Armand Chavez. And he started calling himself Diazen Hasenkoff. Maybe. I got nothing. Go ahead. So, their, they, their marriage only survived about three years. What? With all the blood drawing and the name changing? That's right. So, oh, what ground did she have for divorce? At this point, he's just bull- he's, he's just using the name for who knows what. It's just kind of bullshitting around. Still weird, but it's still kind of bullshitting around. Uh, and but the, somewhere towards the end of the that three year marriage, he had I guess just randomly made mention to her that if he ever killed anybody, he would get away with it because they'd never find the body because he would dissolve it in all these chemicals and acid. How that came up, or who hasn't confided in a loved one that they're capable of murder in acid dissolving the bodies? Come on. This is old news. I mean, it, it, it does seem like um, does seem like something that people would, you know, like an easy go-to, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Now, at the same time, where you're going to get a barrel, are you going to do it in your bathtub? I mean, he doesn't go into well, all that. Well, that's none of your fucking business, Chris. Right. And, I, and I, I, it seems like a, something that's really strange to just say out of the blue. But then again, this yeah. guy, if you know, when we go on, this guy will do things out of the blue um, that... Are less than, are more than questionable, I should it say. It kind of seems like he might be on the spectrum a little bit. So, uh, well, <clears throat> he had a severe head injury that probably knocked him fucking wacky. That's how you get the diabetes. So, yeah, they uh, their marriage ended because she found out he was cheating on her. Um, really? That's what did it? Yeah. Like, no bullshit. Yeah, he was cheating on her. It wasn't the fucking... All the weird shit and the... dude, uh, ch- dude, okay. trust me, you're Maybe... gonna question a lot more things about why people are looking, fucking turning the cheek not... at this fucking dude. Maybe he's got the dick. He you might, know? he might, but I don't. Who the fuck knows? Uh, trust me, this is this is anyway. Um, okay, but I, I'm not, I'm not out of out of line asking. Like, really, after everything you just told me, that no, not at all. That's what it was. Not so, at all, because yeah, any I... normal person would fucking have a problem with. Just those few things. Right. 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 And, and yeah, so apparently she, she also mentioned that, you know, not only was he cheating on her, but he had some pretty bad anger issues. And there were three specific things that she mentioned that would set him off that were strange to her, but not, not necessarily strange. They just seemed unfounded for the level of rage that he would go into. Gotcha. Um, Gotcha. He absolutely hated if anybody didn't think he was intelligent. Okay. Um, if people didn't show him respect, 
and uh, like just normal respect or like like kneel down kisses ring respect. No, just just like if he felt like someone was disrespecting him. Okay, fair, uh, fair, fair, fair. Or just didn't have it, you know, for him. Then, then yeah, that would Mm -hmm. that would piss him off pretty good. Um, It doesn't say the third one, so that's fucking stupid. But I think it did have uh, like I I had seen it in a different article. Um, People who don't realize the 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 genius of Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, I mean, this, this story is extensive and it has a lot of wacky details and a lot of the articles that you may read or documentaries mm-hmm. or whatever you may see about this story, if you look into it, is not going to have the majority of them because it's a lot. And right. so, I, yeah, I had to, like, find and compile and... I understand. Know, it's I'm, a lot. I, this, I'm, not, I'm not at all bashing you or your actual research that you've done uh this this time because you did a lot of actual research this time (laughs) i'm proud of you so right well i mean it's it's fun though this is a fun story and it Mm -hmm. it needed to be told it's it's so anyway yeah so the third one had still had something to do with basically him being challenged because Mm -hmm. these other two basically are him being challenged right 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 right, right. um so that's the thing uh he didn't get into med school, uh, into many, uh, most of the ones that he applied to, but in July of 1990, he actually was accepted into the University of Utah's uh, College of Medicine. There goes Utah, fucking it up for everybody else again. Uh, while there, he told his classmates and his teachers that his wife and son had died in a horrible car crash. Mm-hmm. And that it happened uh, as his wife was driving to pick him up. So he felt really guilty about it. Mm. And, you know, this was like his woe is me type of story, so, I guess. Is, so is this a just, uh, is he an attention seeker? Like, is, is he like, a, does he, or does he just want uh, people's uh, like pity for him? Like, because that is a, that's a serious fucking story to make up for, um, presumably no real reason well at this point we really don't know okay because like i said at this point there are no reports about any craziness that he's done or anything like that just that he's had anger issues with his ex-wife and he was cheating on her we his ex-wife has no idea to to what extent to what degree to okay blah 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 or at least it doesn't say about the cheating now you will find out what ridiculousness this man gets into with other women gotcha the women that he was cheating on her with it doesn't go into so as of right now we don't know why the fuck this man does or says what he says and he's just like just out of college age yes okay yes so right so so this is what he tells his classmates and professor um which obviously is true it's untrue because his you know Rosemary and the baby are just chilling somewhere else. Um, Doing terrible things with the devil. (laughs) Um, His professor, uh, who knows why, but his professor was kind of suspicious about all this uh, after a little while. And he wound up doing some research, doing some digging in on this story about mm-hmm. where he said he comes from and looking into car accidents that had to do with a wife and a mother and child. And I come from France. Right. My and wife and kid are dead. <laughs> and nothing comes up. Mm-hmm. He finds absolutely nothing. And then one day, 
said Professor, was looking through his textbooks. I don't know why he would, like, maybe he forgot his textbook in class. Right, right. Or something along those lines. And the professor picks it up and starts, you know, flipping through it or whatever. And out pops, um, oh, <laughs> because he saw that his, uh, because his name was still Armand mm-hmm. at this point, he, he didn't, he wasn't going by Diazen right, in right, his right. college. So his name was Armand and uh, he picks up the textbook. This, uh, he signed something. There was a letter that pops out that he signed Diazen and he's starting to, because he heard a story and this and that, so he's starting to put weird things together and he's starting to really, really suspect this guy of not knowing what exactly, mm-hmm. but why the fuck would you tell that story? Like, what yeah, kind of... Yeah, it really doesn't... Like I said, I don't see the use in it. Just right. say that you're fucking divorced or whatever. What's the motive? Yeah. So he keeps, he keeps thumbing through and out pops a few letters from Rosemary mm-hmm. that are dated recently. I'm delicious with chicken. So clearly yes. this is not cool because Rosemary's asking him to come back to California and, you know, try to, I guess, fix things somehow or whatever. The um, dick, man. This guy's got it and she wants it back. So, which, which is not clarified, but could very well be, you know, mm-hmm. we, we are not excluding that as... It has not yet been substantiated. That's right. Because he will not answer my fucking mail. I don't know, dude. If you write to this guy, he very well might. Be like, hey, guy, you got the dick, right? He very well might. He is a talker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um... So during this, this you know, this same point in time while he's telling all these stories and his professor's suspicious of him and all this stuff, he also starts uh, convincing, like legitimately convincing his fellow students to allow him to draw their blood. Hmm. Uh, saying that it's part of some study that he's doing or some some experiment. No reason, really. Hey, what's that over there? Ouch. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys later. And then one day before the professor actually confronts him, he just drops out. Oh, the perfect crime. He just dropped out and disappears. And nobody knew why, but as the professor continues to look in... It turned out that he falsified his lab results, uh, falsified his letter of recommendation to even get into the class, and falsified a federal grant application listing him as married to obtain more funding. Um, So, you know, whoever let him in without finding out that all this was falsified... That's who I'm going to blame for whatever terrible shit happens here because you don't just fucking let people into college without the actual information. How are these people, like, he's just like, yeah, I had, uh, uh, this isn't falsified. And they're like, we trust you. All right, get your silly ass in the class already, you silly ass. You need some of my blood? Because I'd give it to you. All I need is maybe not a, you know, maybe like a a non-falsified reason. Oh, you just want it? Yeah. Mm. Good I, enough for me, bud. You want my kid's blood, too? I can bring it from home. Good enough for me. Mm. I blame that motherfucker, is what I'm saying. Go ahead. Uh, so, apparently, um, 
also, he wound up scamming money from two women in order to pay for college, to get into college and wow. stuff like that as well. So, yeah, needless to say, they rescinded their <laughs> their acceptance. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't think we're going to give him a diploma. Well, let's not be harsh. Maybe we still give him the diploma, but we're like, you know, we, we give him some blood, too, at the same time. Right, Man. guys, everybody. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's take up a contribution. You know, uh, the eyes have it. <laughs> he needs blood and money. I mean, who doesn't? I we need, all need blood and money. I need blood money. <laughs> it does come quicker, doesn't it? Ew. Yeah, that's what she said. That's right. I She's said a it. bitch, though. I said it, but glazing over that. <laughs> <laughs> Blazing over that. Um, in the early 90s, uh, enter Girly Chew. Or re-enter Girly Chew, I should say. That was a weird alternate title for Enter the Dragon. I'm Girly Chew. <laughs> I just, uh, my brain just started going in all kinds of different fucking kung fu directions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. in nineteen uh, the early nineties, um, a douche pickle and girly chew wind up both at SeaWorld, and that's where they meet in San Diego. That is that sounds like the coolest sexual position ever. The San Diego girly chew douche pickle. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? What? Mm. And and it, you can only ever call it that if you're not actually in San Diego, though. Mm, mm-hmm. The San Diego girly chew douche pickle. Mm-hmm. That sounds uncomfortable. I mean, one of you has to be upside down, which is weird. Oh, so briny. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And now, the briny deep. Are we talking dill? Or are we talking classic sandwich and, cut bread and butter? Mm-mm. Sandwich cut classics. Mm. Can't afford anything better than that. Not on this podcast and fucking goddamn pay. That's right. That's right, goddammit. So, mm-hmm. they met at SeaWorld. Just like all those orcas did. They pretty much hit it off. You know, we're bullshitting. Exchanged uh, addresses to keep in touch as like pen pals and shit. Mm-hmm. So when she went back to Malaysia, you know, they kept in touch. Mm-hmm. And in 92, so I got shit, this must have been... 91 it just says early 90s but in 92 <clears throat> apparently uh juice pickle asked her to marry him and she planned to move to the u.s by the end of that year um <laughs> before she wound up moving over uh he uh, dyson uh wrote a letter to her parents saying that uh you know apologizing uh loosely apologizing i'll say for uh not coming to meet them in person and you know asking them for their blessing and stuff like that but also in so many words going on to add that uh he didn't care like yeah i you know (laughs) hey guys i'm sorry i know that tradition really kind of dictates the you know me coming to meet the family and and making sure that you guys really approve and everything but at the same time, fuck you. Dyson, don't 
do shit for nobody but girly chew. I mean, so this letter it was basically that, yeah. Like he's he he didn't he didn't give a fuck, but he did care enough to introduce himself to the fullest extent. Um, he said he worked for NASA. Oh well, I would trust that instantly from anybody, right? And and he mm-hmm. said that NASA NASA has a national defense system subdivision called NDS. And which, you're the janitor, you say? <laughs> which is where he worked. And he said that he was born in Zurich, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. It's all tracked so far. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and that uh, he, he he signed the letter as Dyson Hostenkoff, which, uh, yeah, obviously was just pulled directly out of his ass. Right. I mean, he, well, he can't sign his real name, which is Superman. Right. But he then did, they would know. <laughs> he did actually go and have his name legally changed to Dyson Hassenkoff mm-hmm. on July 17th of 92. So what's the most unwieldy mismatch of nationalities that I can possibly put in a name? Seriously. Dyson Hassenkoff and Setter freaking McAlally. That man, you might as well have added mm-hmm. O'Malley to the end of it. O'Malley Jones. Mm. <laughs> O'Malley Peterson. So, so yeah, he when it's hyphenated. When he and Gurley met, he was he was going under Diaz and Hasenkov. I like and, how it just sounds like you're like being like uh, hip and like when he and Gurley met. Like no, that's her name. Her name is Gurley. Her name is Gurley. Gurley Chew. I call her. Uh, I mean, I guess. Shorty would be, Shorty would be the funnier one. But either way, screw mm-hmm. you guys. Um, Who guys? Just, so in order me. to uh, go ahead and solidify that that part of his lie, he went ahead and had it legally done before she got there. Ah, so that way when they went to the the chapel to get married, that the the guy in the robes, um, old man Jenkins, he'd be like. This is his real name, Gurley. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, how do you know my name? He's like, I just call everybody Gurley. So, yeah, he, he has now thrown out a whole nother fictitious storyline, uh, origin story and all this shit mm-hmm. that he now has to somehow, um, in some way, solidify uh, before she gets there because he's she's coming from another country and he's yeah. marrying her. Like this is, is has he been actually for real uh, legally divorced? I believe so. Okay. Yes. Yes, I do believe so. Um, <laughs> so in the summer of ninety two, uh, just before she arrives in the U.S., uh, he moves to a new place on Delmar Ave in Albuquerque. Um, he goes on to introduce himself to his neighbors as a scientist. Uh, told them that he once had a wife who was severely injured in a horrible car crash and that his two young children, now, died in that crash. Um, I don't like how he's being willy-nilly with the lives of his kids and his made-up stories. That is a weird reoccurring thing for him because it, it does come up a couple more times. I will say, though, don't that know why. I would assume that uh, dead kids... Uh, are certainly a better uh, manipulation tool than a dead wife, I guess. True that. Um, Because, you know, everybody's going to be like, oh, not your kids. But some people would be like, I bet she was a bitch anyway, huh? Bet you're glad she's gone. Man, I am. I never even met her. 
Hi, my name's Scott. I live down the street. I'm kind of a gossipy bitch. And a douche pickle, as mm-hmm. well. And a haberdasher. So, um, so also, just, just to add to, um, the realness of this guy, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better way to say it, he was also a snake oil salesman. Did he really sell snake oil? Not literally. Oh. But that's why I said as a lack of right. lack of a better way to I say it. I always wondered what snake oil would be good for. I mean, people used what to actually you? sell it. Yeah. It's, that yeah. It was. I have a lot that ails me. I should look into the snake oil. If anybody out there is a snake oil salesman, but like for real, hit me up, yo. Look it up. So, <laughs> he claimed to be a geneticist. Mm-hmm. And sold people fake cancer treatments. Man, that is, as if this guy couldn't be more scum of the earth. Oh man, no. I sell the weakest and most vulnerable in our society, fucking um, promises basically that are more like lies. It's gonna get weirder and and te- more terrible. Man, so this guy is good at being bad. He also sold them anti aging serums. Okay, whoever bought anti-aging serums from Heisen, I'm kind of going to have to say the terrible line of, you kind of deserve cancer, you stupid fuck. Yeah. There's no such thing. So, getting even weirder, Uh um, he told, he would regularly tell people, including his neighbors, that he had leukemia, and that he was going to be dying a few months later, and that he actually used... Like, he actually used this particular lie to help sell his fake cancer treatments mm-hmm. and, you know, scare up money from people for his treatments. So that he was scamming people that he had cancer on one side right. and scamming money out of actual cancer patients for cures on another side. It's like, I want to say he's such a fucking asshole cocksucker, but at the same time, I'm like... Man, I, I kind of want to try that. <laughs> this guy thinks he is a supervillain mastermind. Fucking, yeah. I mean, he he really is. Um, he takes the fucking cake so far. So of, you've been strapped to our table with a laser on it, Mister Jenkins. <laughs> Mister Jenkins. I shall be taking over. Uh, ownership of your haberdashery. <laughs> your haberdashery. Um, uh, so, I have leukemia. Uh, so yeah, so he would tell the the people that that was that he was scamming for his own cancer treatments that um, he has found uh, not a cure but a a. Like a treatment program that will uh, extend mm-hmm. his his final days for a few more years, and that you know there it it goes in three phases, and they're really expensive. But you know the first phase will keep him alive for eight years, and the second phase will keep him alive for another five, and the third phase will keep him alive for another two. Wow, but it's, it's like it's like power ups in a video game. Mm-hmm. It just gets more expensive the higher up you go, and you can only do each one once. It's like leveling up. And he's like, I could totally get you guys the Triforce if I could just get past <laughs> stage nine. I'm going to need I'm gonna need some more money to... No, I can't tell you where the Triforce is. No, it's a, it's a well-held secret. 
that only haberdashers are are allowed to know. So, so you know, because he had both opposite stories going mm-hmm. on, you know, with different people, he was using that same story but in the opposite way. Uh, you know, uh, gotcha, to gotcha, scan gotcha, the cancer gotcha. patients, right? But in saying that it actually is a cure, all while still using the fact that he himself had leukemia. So for some people he does have it, for some people he doesn't. But for those people, he's saying that this is the treatment that cured him. And mm. and I'm listening. That and. now that it's in his blood. He can perform treatments for them by mixing his own blood. This is why I need all you guys' blood all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. because I keep misplacing it and not being able to find it again. By the way, though, I need some more of your blood. By the way, Mm. each phase is 90 grand. 90 grand? Nine zero. Comma zero zero zero. Man, you guys come to me, and I'll do the same exact thing that he was doing for those other people, but I'll do it for ninety bucks. And in these few years, mm-hmm. he wound up scamming people out of a few hundred thousand dollars. Well, that would only be like three people he need to do to get a few hundred thousand. I mean, fair enough. Mm-mm-mm. Um, but but it's just not not for those two lies. I mean, he's got, he has a couple going on, fake research projects and such. Mm-hmm. And those are going to get more fun as well. I am building the best soapbox racer that you will ever see. <laughs> no, 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 no. So one of them is that um, he claimed that he could create humans in petri dishes, and um, he said that he invented a machine that could successfully map out the entire human genome, hmm. and that he was on the cusp of making billions of dollars on this project. And that, you know, he he protected his investment, uh, you know, and hit this machine, his invention, uh, I mean, uh, by breaking it down into five separate pieces and storing it in five colleges throughout the countries, th- throughout this country. Oh, so now we have like a national treasure type fucking uh, idiot. Harry Potter sort of scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can only see it with this magic map that I made that I've somehow misplaced with all of your blood i'm gonna yeah. need some more of that blood by the way no i have no i mentioned that earlier but i'm gonna need that to be in the forefront of your mind there because man i i just i got to have it i can't live without it and i don't know why i find it so delicious gimme 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 that red stuff man life liquid is the shit but it's not – if you find your life liquid in your shit, you should probably see a real doctor. You really should. Because that means that you've got some really terrible things going on in your butt. I mean, it, it could just be a fisher, but, you know, you really you – Don't eat fish. Don't eat fishers because uh, that's how you get those is it could be – yeah. well, you have to make sure you take out the hooks first. Trim your nails if you're going to scratch your butthole. That's all I'm saying. So get your fingers out of there. That's what I'm saying. Amongst the people – that um, douche pickle was uh, was scamming mm-hmm. was his seventy year old neighbor Pedro, 
No, we're not wife, Pedro. Pedro and his wife, who was Pedro, was actually really nice, and you yeah. know he. Every Pedro I've ever met has been really nice. They thought they had a gen. Or he Pedro thought he and Dyson had a genuine fucking friendship going on and stuff. Doesn't it always feel bad when you think like you have an actual friend and then they like fuck you over in a way where you're like, wow, that's not just like being a bad friend. That's someone who who played me purely to fuck me over uh-huh. and made me believe that they were my friend, which they obviously were not. That's right. And you tell me how that feels when I do it to you. That's pretty shitty. Yeah. What 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 is a CV? Uh, what do you mean? In, in what context? Um, well, it says he had a seven-page CV where he spoke about all of his numerous academic degrees and accolades. It's, I'm guessing it's got to be some kind of like a... a like a uh, kind of like a resume but yeah like a resume it. but for proving to people that you're totally a NASA fucking I gotcha vampire gotcha so <laughs> yes in these seven pages of his seven pages boasting and bullshit I don't know if he reached too far with it or if, oh, if maybe you have to to be really believed you have to go past like the no I'm not I'm just this couple things and he's like, no, I am everything. Well, I mean, it, it seems to have worked for quite a while. Mm. Uh, so I guess he was doing it right. So he mentioned that he uh, was the author of over 40 medical research papers. I thought you were going to um, say of Cujo and stuff because he looks a lot like Stephen King. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, I would have believed him if he said he was Stephen King is all I'm saying. It claimed that he worked in a cryogenic laboratory research... Oh, worked as a cryogenic laboratory research chemist at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, this seven pages was full of uh, typos and misspellings. Um, I was just about to say, so what happens the day that he meets someone that actually did these things? And they're like... Mm. <laughs> you seem kind of fucking stupid. Well, these are the types of people that don't put themselves around the people that can out them. Gen- don't you generally. talk about Pedro like I would, that? I would think um, Pedro was a saint. It's like, uh, yeah, he he went into all kinds of ridiculousness about that. It doesn't say any more about it, but um, I guess uh, so. It goes on to the uh, December twenty eighth. Uh, I think this is still 1992. Just three days after baby Jesus' birthday. Um, and the old Jesus, too. That's three days after his birthday. He, I wonder if they know each other. Who? The, be, the, the baby Jesus and the, and the old Jesus. Hmm. They have so much in common. I'm gonna Probably, have to but ask. I don't know if they hang out or anything. I'm going to have to ask. There's this guy that looks like Stephen King. Uh, but he's actually uh, Jesus. Uh, he tells me. I'm gonna ask him. I mean, who really I'm... wants to hang out with like a baby? Uh, I mean, if you eat babies, you know. Which I assume um, Jesus. Well, I did. guess it depends on what kind of hanging out we're talking about. So... I'm talking about bird sex. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at all, and Jesus. I don't know how we got there. It's the rhythm. Uh, oh, come on, shake your body, baby. Geez. Do that, Jesus. If you'd like to comment, <laughs> send your gripings to uh, care of Jason Rambo mm-hmm. at snhnsnpod at gmail.com. You chicken fluffers. I mean, it only costs the same amount as 
a cup of coffee per day. That's right. That's right. It's only mm-hmm. 69 cents a you minute. You can get these flies off of my eyeballs and my distended tummy for, <laughs> for less than the cup of coffee a day. It is so uh, sad. It so is. Sad. I just need a bath, guys, is all it is. So, December 28th, mm-hmm. uh, he goes out and he buys uh, a $7,500 ring for Girlie Chu, and then she arrives the next day in Albuquerque. Like he couldn't fucking go with the $8,000 ring at seven and a half, you fucking... Then pretty promptly on January 8th of 1993, they were married, and they started living together in Albuquerque. Um, Albuquerque. Albuquerque. That's not where gonna Bugs Bunny Kirky. lives. Um, he just can't find his house. He always takes those wrong turns. Ends up in Siberia and shit. Girlie, already being very familiar with working at banks, go ahead and goes ahead and gets a job at another bank. How old is she? Um, she is twenty-one. And he, at this stage, is. Uh, let's see. This is ninety-three. He was mm-hmm. born in. Because it doesn't say, one sec, one sec. Mm-hmm. Um, I scroll all back. Because he graduated fake college in like 90 or whatever. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, he was born in 65. Okay. So, 75, 85. He was... Almost 30? He was 28. Yeah, okay. He was 28, she was 22, 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, so let me get back to where I am. Do 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 do. Where was I further? You certainly weren't in Albuquerque. We certainly were not. Okay, past that. Sorry, kids. I'll cut this. I'll cut it out. It's a bit too much of a scroll. I'm gonna cut that part out. I'm gonna forget that I said that though, and I'm just gonna be like, "There's a cough, exterminate," and that's all I do. You're gonna listen to it. Oh yeah, because you just look at the the fucking soundbar and shit, huh? Mm -hmm. You shit brick. Hey man, sometimes laziness helps me be lazy. It does. No, I feel you. So there we go. She gets a job at uh, the Bank of New Mexico in Montgomery. Oh, sorry, on Montgomery Boulevard. I was about to say, when did they get to fucking? Alabama. And she meets uh, a lady named Ernie Johnson. If you tell me it's actually just him in drag. That would be fucking hilarious. Would and tie- I would not put that past this it guy. It would so totally tie in the Miss Doubtfire thing. I'm just oh. saying. Think about it. <laughs> Jeez. So. Um, yep. Yeah, so her position, she and Ernie, uh, at some point... Uh, while they were working there, their positions were moved uh, to another branch um, of the bank on Renaissance Boulevard. And apparently this was a, a branch that had a high turnover rate. Like, and I don't understand this at a bank. Like, how do you slack off at a bank? Like, that? I don't understand what... Well, I mean, that it, doesn't... what if the position they gave them was missionary? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to do a whole lot for that, huh? No. 
I mean, I have had some lazy ass lovers. Oh yeah, I have been an even lazier one. Now there, I mean, there are ways to for them to uh, you know the, the, the show some enthusiasm, to spice up the relationship down there a little a bit. bit. You know, yeah, it's but... like you know, spray some clove oil, ladies, before you do it. You know, and it just uh, <laughs> you know, ladies, if 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 you're in one of those positions where you you think you can't really. You know, put a pillow under your lower back. You don't back. have to do much. It's it, really going to help both of you get a whole lot more comfortable. Just and get, try. Get just more. Try. You get a little bit more mileage out of it that just way. Try to you be know? enthusiastic. That's mm-hmm. all I'm asking for. So, Even if it's a lie. Uh, yeah, I mean shit. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Girlie, on the other hand, didn't really care about you know how poopy the branch was really mm-hmm. to work at because she was a good worker and she was a happy worker and she showed up every day and she was on time she I'm was sure actually that, ahead of time I'm sure that any day that she woke up not in china was probably malaysia. a great fucking day for her fair enough malaysia that's what i said i'm fair not enough. racist I, I would believe that as well that i'm um, not racist have you done this show with me that and you know malaysia man Bang. So maybe she'd um, eat some more beans. She, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was a joke. People, mm-hmm. it was a racist joke, and it mm-hmm. was it was focused directly toward my my best friend and, and co-host. At least he didn't say anything about me having a mop or a lawnmower. No, um, no. So moving I, right along, I hired people that were better at that than you. That's right, because mm-hmm. I and and lawn work, yard work are not friends. Mm-mm. So. She was, uh, you know, always regarded as one of the best employees because, like I said, she was never late. She actually showed up first before managers, before everybody. Uh, She never missed a shift. She never called in. She never fucking nothing. She was number one model employee. People like that worry me about their home lives. And Ernie wasn't half bad either. No, she just had, she had a very strong work ethic. I mean, in my own life, I'm saying. Fair enough. Like, why the fuck do you like being here so much? Does your does your husband beat you? Uh, does well, you need to be saved? We're going to get into a My lot of that. My superhero name is Captain Sabaho. So, for whatever... <laughs> <laughs> Boys and girls, if you have uh, any comments, send them care of butt like a Rambo, because he will Man. save your hoe and... Lick your butt. My cousin Buttlicker is going to be real surprised about all these fucking emails he's getting. That's right. Uh, So, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, for the next five years, she and Ernie spent every Christmas and Thanksgiving together at Ernie's place. Now, Ernie is the co-worker, correct? So So then not her husband. Right. A woman, though. She's This is a woman. There aren't Ernie's women's. What? There's a woman named Ernie. It does not say why she was not spending this with her husband. But it does say that Ernie was a woman. Yes, Ernie was a woman. I Okay, because I've only known in my life two Ernies, and one was uh, married to Bert, mm-hmm. and the other one is my sister-in-law's uh, Down syndromed uh, brother. But I guess that is more of a, a nickname for him, Ernie. That's not his actual name. Right. Uh, Ernest. No, that is his real name. Or Ernesto. We call him Buddha. Mm. Kind of ties it into the Malaysian thing. 
I'm thinking it might be the same Arnie. Is he a woman? No. Alright, well, you might be wrong. Yeah, I think I probably am. Go ahead. Either way, mm-hmm. in uh, February of 96, uh, Dyson and Gurley moved, but only a couple of miles away. Okay. Uh, and uh, this is when apparently he started going out of town mm-hmm. for a few days here and there, sometimes a week or more. Well, when you're a leukemia scientist at NASA, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you got a G. Sometimes. It is necessary to get to step in. Hey, before we go, can you guys hit me up with those blood vials? I mean... I've been sending you letters constantly about them. I need it. would it really help. For my work? I see. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he said... Uh, that it was part of his calling, that he was blessed with the incredible skill to save lives, and that, uh, oh, and when he, uh, when he got back, uh, <laughs> he would tell Gurley about, you know, how he would do, you know, he would be f- performing these 12 to 16 hour life-saving surgeries, uh, mainly on m- women and or children who suffered horrible car crashes mm, just like my ex-wife and wait no you don't think i did that right okay no girly forget i said the thing about the car crash and ex-wife and kids it's and, a very strange thing like it, yeah why that keeps coming like it's gotta be just it's a strange ploy yeah, but I, I think i okay i'll tell you why it is both extremely effective at pulling heartstrings and at the same time, it is so beyond the other the listener's ability to question it because that would be in such bad fucking taste. I feel that if they were like, "Your kids didn't die in a car crash," and he was like, "Here's the fucking newspaper clip of dick," right? You know, and yeah, you get fired over shit like that. So yeah, I imagine you could get punched in the mouth for some shit like that. Not if you're but, Ernie. Uh... Bert would have some shit to say about that. But yeah, this is what he would tell his own wife. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, it's weird, but... um, I think this is all perfectly normal. They were were doing all right financially. I mean, as far as Gurley knew. uh, Mm -hmm. She knew nothing of any of this other bullshit that he's got going on. Right. Um... Why do we keep getting vials of blood mailed to the house? <laughs> I told the mailman they couldn't possibly be for us. He's like, oh no, they're for you. Okay, thanks. I guess I'll bake a cake or something. Ernie, do you want to come over and bake a cake with me? No, I'm at work. And plus Bert is like super like horny right now. When I get home, he's like, I mean, you know Bert. Bert's a brownie kind of guy. Mm. That's what it is. She just, she just didn't want to like the butthole. Is um, what Chris means. So, so uh, within their house, there was this one room that he kept locked at all times, and Gurley was not allowed in. No one was allowed in. Um, uh, a public service announcement: If there's a room in your house, people that you're not allowed in by your uh, by your significant other. They have dead bodies in there, and you should fucking either call the police or just leave. Hmm. You know? But leave forever. Ah! 
That would be... What was that? Someone watching the camera. Probably Regina. Hi, Regina. How are you? And she can also talk to us through that camera. Do you want to do some of the episode with us? It'll be fun. It'll be fun. No? So... <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. When he was home... <laughs> Which apparently was fairly seldom. Do you have a room that you can't go into? And she was like, that was her like, hey, stop talking about the secret room. Mm. <laughs> when he was home, he'd spend a lot of time in there himself. Mm. But she was never allowed to, to come in or, or know what was going on in there. Oh, yeah. Right, so. That's where he keeps all the kids he keeps killing in car crashes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, during all of this as well, um, they're trying to get pregnant. Or a girlie's trying to get pregnant. Ah, okay, good. Yeah, stop. And the Mrs. Doubtfire thing was going to come in again. Dad joke business. You, um, please stop me. Because it was because, it, well, he wanted a child. She yeah, really wasn't all that interested in it, but, mm. you know, she was like, okay, whatever, I'll do this for my husband. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that she was unable to have children, medically. Uh-oh. But how will he kill things in car crashes? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that she really had no interest in adopting either. Well, yeah. Who um, wants somebody else's smelly kid? I mean, but no, there were there were a couple other really good reasons, such as the fact that she was convinced her husband had leukemia. Oh shit! So she didn't know how long. I didn't was... know. I didn't know that that was part of his charade with her. I mean, at this point, that's when we're uh, finding it out that he really just tells everybody this all the time. That's just his go-to. He's like, he, yeah, well, I'll never be able to keep this straight with everybody. I'm just going to tell everybody I have leukemia. Well, pretty much so that at least everybody you know has that sympathy for him, and he can figure out who and you know how he's going to yeah. spin that. To... If somebody's like. Ew, leukemia, fuck you. Then that's, he knows not to spend any more time there with that's that. Exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You could have had your blood taken by me, but now I don't even want it. Or as soon as people start mentioning, oh, you should go to this treatment hospital and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He'd just like walk away or whatever. I um, know what could actually save you. A doctor. <sighs> I got a good one. You want to see him? No, thanks. Oh, so you're a liar. Okay. So in, in in essence, she didn't know, you know, if if she, if he was gonna die at some point, or if any of this shit that he said was true, or she didn't, you know, she just kind of went along with it. And but but that's good reasons for not wanting to adopt children. He's you don't my be, husband. You don't want to be a single parent if you can avoid it, that sort of thing. And you could always put the kid up for adoption again after your spouse dies. Oh, jeez. That is probably the worst thing you've ever said on this channel. Hey, adoption kid. This, Turns out this, I don't like you. <laughs> That's fucked up, dude. I'm going to have to have you go. <laughs> Maybe get another one. Do you know any mm. other good adoption kids? No, you're... No? Okay. Bye. So, That's not the worst thing I've ever said on this show, by the way. It, it might be. I don't know. It might be. It's close. It's it, it's in the category, anyway. It's, it's in, definitely... In the runnings, I guess. It's definitely in the running. So, um... The cool runnings. <laughs> shut your face. <laughs> you shut it right now. <laughs> bobsled time um (laughs) (laughs) so they agreed not to adopt and they decided to get a dog instead i wish more people would do that the Uh, ones that weren't ready to adopt a kid that they will love forever and ever 
you know, yeah, just get a dog because there's plenty of dogs that need adoption. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, so uh, uh, I guess not long, not too long after mm-hmm. the they adopted said dog, uh, Gurley loved the dog, oh. and uh, but she shows up to Ernie's house. If you tell me it died in a car crash <laughs> <laughs> at like seven in the morning, so early, uh, I guess for their shift or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Um, when she answers the door, she, when Ernie answers the door, she notices that Gurley's crying, and Gurley tells her that the dog somehow just randomly started shaking and convulsing, and just fucking died right in her arms. I think it caught his leukemia. So, that was kind of fucking crazy. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, what the fuck? <laughs> that was a, a little bit wacky. Um, but no, no clue as to how or why that happened. You know, they're, they're not going to go get an autopsy. The fact that she is so open and, and honest with, uh, with Ernie is refreshing to me that, that there's a best friend for her to go to. Cause a lot of the, the people that are, uh, involved with and or, you know, married to monsters like this, uh, they, they don't have anybody else, and that's Agreed. they are just lost and alone. And, and so I'm just, I'm super, actually, genuinely happy that she had uh, Ernie for you know however long she had her. Ernie. Right. Well, I mean, even a, a lot of times, even if they do have people that constantly tell them they are there to help, mm-hmm. and you know they they're just so terrified, right, and, or whatever else uh, the you know mental state you could be in. When it comes to that sort of thing, mm-hmm. that, yeah, they just they just don't, and that is fucking tragic. But we're we're not we're we're not gonna go right too right. far into that because it's fucking tragic. Uh, but so yes, I agree. It's very refreshing and and yeah, it's super cool. So so yeah, and everybody genuinely likes Gurley a lot and mm-hmm. is is out for her well being and does go. To the degrees that they that they possibly can to help her, yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, so so that's the thing. She she shows up at her and he tells her about the dog. You know, she cries and the you know kind of life goes on, sort of <laughs> sort of thing. What did Bert have to say about it? Uh, Bert uh, wanted to make sausages. He was, you know, and you would think that that's a little that's not cool of him to do, but I think it's he's like, let's get back to normal, you know, you know guys. We had to show him yeah. an episode, uh, you know, about how hot dogs are not really made of dogs, mm-hmm. and you know, then then he understood it was all good. Hot dogs um, made of dogs are just delicious. I mean, you know, Gurley refrained from telling her what goes on in Malaysia, but you know, that's a story for another time. They eat cats, not dogs. The fuck they don't. Moving right along. <laughs> um, <sighs> they got another dog. Well, that's what you do. And somehow that one managed to disappear. Just disappear? It apparently escaped from their backyard. And one day after that happened... Uh-huh. <laughs> not the very next day, but, you know... Right. Shortly thereafter that happened... Um, Douche Pickle shows up with a baby. Look what I found! Uh-huh. It was flying out of some car that was in some accident. A three-week-old human child. Where the fuck? He shows up to his wife, uh, who mm. is looking at him like, like you just looked at me. What the fuck? <laughs> 
And uh, because, you know, obviously there was no adoption process. There was right. no talk, no conversation, no agreement, no fucking nothing. This motherfucker just shows up at a baby like, <sighs> here, bitch, have fun with this. I'm going to go check out yeah. my calling again. I'm going to go on the road. I did take a lot of blood from this baby, though, so maybe get to boob feeding it. And do it in that rocking chair that that non-discreet camera's pointed at. I think I got something going on the internet. <laughs> it's a big idea, and I know it might fail, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to show you boob feeding stuff. Maybe just the baby. We'll see what happens. I did buy a Rottweiler, too, though. Uh-huh. It disappeared. I'm sorry. Your dog died again. I'm sorry yeah. you couldn't meet it. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. <laughs> yeah, he, he did not like it here. But uh, <laughs> apparently, though, <laughs> when it comes down to it, this baby is actually his, by ge- like oh, genetically. Oh, no shit. That was uh, that, that he had with another woman. Um, <laughs> and Hey, lady that I've been fucking on the side, do you mind if I take this baby and right. bring it to my wife? Right. So he tells Curly mm. that, um, that, 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 that the there was an adoption process, right? That the mother was Asian and that he had obtained legal sole custody mm-hmm. through a through illegal it says illegal adoption. Mm-hmm. And that was all he ever said. Mm-hmm. But And like CPS and stuff or like uh nobody gave a shit. I think this is supposed to say a legal adoption. Uh alien because adoption? so far, you know, he's not he doesn't doesn't admit to illegal things right i think this is just misspelled i gotcha so um yeah so so she doesn't bother to question it any further and she agrees to wife, take I'd care like, of this baby i would probably keep my fucking mouth shut until he was gone too but uh, you best believe the second he's out of there i'm like pert come over quick we've got to see who this baby is and then they rip off the baby's mask and it's old man jenkins and somehow the haberdasher's coming, <laughs> coming again. Somehow, three weeks old, he's still able. To, it must be a fucking genius to uh, mention how he would have got away with it too, mm. had it not been talking about some dog. But we don't have a dog, you know. Some about snacks. I was like, I'm not feeding you. You're a fucking baby in a mask. Baby in a mask. Like, like what are you? How are we supposed to clean both chins at the same time? You can't do that. That's just not. No, baby in a mask is a different sex position. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm not putting much thought into that. You can only do that one in San Diego. <laughs> so, so they named this. They named the baby Dimitri. Uh, because and, of course. And I don't know what that means. Sorry. By January of '98, mm. they had been married for almost six years. Holy fucking and... shit! Crazy bitch. Sorry, <laughs> I don't like calling people bitch, and definitely not victims. But the fuck, crazy bitch. By Jesus. that time, she uh, was definitely uh, suspecting that he was talking to other women. Shouldn't you be dead of leukemia by now? Hmm. Um, yeah. So this is the most ridiculous wording to say that she suspected because she would literally get phone calls to her house asking about the baby and asking for dies and claiming that they are his fiance. Wow. Hey, um, <coughs> so my fiance took off with our baby like a year or two ago. 
Have you seen it? <laughs> it's, it's a little chubby I think Mexican Asian it's a little Asian early kid. to call the cops about it, but I figured I might call his wife. Wait a second. No, no, I don't have any problems with that. This is insanity. What could you possibly be saying to women, to these women, to, to uh, like, especially the mother of this baby? What, what the I, fuck? I, look, like, I gotta go, go to get Malaysia? cigarettes, and the baby's gotta come with me. Like, and... I'm, I'm assuming he actually went to another country again oh. and got him all knocked up, and so he had. So the baby quote has unquote, to rescued said baby. The baby has to be stolen from the original mother. Yes, is what you're you're uh, positing? Because well, I... no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking more so legal adoption within the other country. But it's as, his as baby. In... He doesn't have to adopt his baby. It's, it's... No, I guess not. Yeah, his man mayonnaise is what makes up that baby's makeup. Makeup. So then it would just be talking the other woman into signing the papers. To... And never seeing her child. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know, man. This guy should have been Asia youth and... I don't know how the anything this man says it could be considered, you know, silver tongue or... Or anything like that. Like the, the, His voice is the voice of a fucking nerd... And it's not even the good, affable-type nerd. There's no lisp there or anything. Oh, I wish. It's like he's not even fucking trying. But seriously, nothing about what anything that comes out of this dude's mouth would would have been convincing to me, I think. I, I honestly it believe... like, so my dick has leukemia, yes. But it also cures athlete's foot. <laughs> so, I got that going for me, ladies. And then it's, it, I mean, you know, Malaysia... So for the for the last who knows how long they've like I said they've been married for almost six years now and Fucking for the last insane. who knows how long she has been receiving phone calls from his other fiancés apparently I am not your secretary and asking about this baby so one day I guess he he leaves I don't know it doesn't say if he's out of town or if he's just gone out of the, the day or whatever yeah. uh, but he leaves his room unlocked. Uh oh, the room. Yes, and she finally—that's his own fault. Fuck she him. finally goes ahead and and goes in and checks it out. Um, There's like seventeen more babies in here. So yeah, she finds, uh, amongst other things, a three-page letter from an Albuquerque attorney, um, and and it basically revealed to her all of the lies that he had built his life on mm-hmm. and their marriage. Um, and she, uh, in the letter, she found out that he had been ordered by the courts to stay away from another woman. Um, uh, she found out his real name. She found out that he had four social security numbers. How do you do that? Uh, that the FBI had visited him about something that we'll get into. Okay. <laughs> Um, she found out that he wasn't actually a real scientist and, uh, that he had dropped out of med school and that he had been scamming a fuck ton of people out of money because she found other papers that were, uh, like romantic letters from other women. Mm -hmm. Um, this document she found from 1995 
that proved he was impersonating a doctor and that he'd been giving all of these treatments to other women. Uh, so all these cancer treatments and stuff. So, With his dick? So she confronted him. With his dick. At this point, mm-hmm. he has not been a crazy person. I mean, that's debatable. He's right. not been a dangerously crazy person. Now, you remember, his his uh, his ex-wife did say that he had some uh, rage issues. Yeah. And that was part of the reason she divorced him. Right. But so far, just no charges or nothing. He hasn't shown that he's a crazy person. So she confronts him about this. Mm-hmm. And here comes the fucking rage monster. Uh-oh. Like I said, the other two things that, you know, that basically being called out is what pisses him off. Oh, that's right. That's right. Anybody saying, you know, I kind of found out that you were a liar. Uh-huh. Why uh-huh. are you looking at me like that with those eyes full of rage? On the 17th of January, mm-hmm. 1998, which is my birthday, actually, I was 18 years old. Oh, I thought you were going to say that that's when you were born. I was like, that's a lie. No. Mm. No. Uh, <laughs> so, it doesn't say that that was, the, uh, that that was tied to this confrontation. Mm-hmm. It just says that on this day he flipped out. So, I'd like to think that it was. Mm. But maybe it wasn't. I like to think lots of things. That's not one of them. But you keep on thinking. So, oh. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was a different situation. So he had found out that she had actually gone to the extent of contacting one of his girlfriends that had... They've been contacting her the whole fucking time. Right, exactly. Um, so that wasn't very difficult. And let him let her know that he was, in fact, married. Mm-hmm. And whatever else she wound up telling her. Mm-hmm. So that night that he had confronted her about that, he had been drinking and seven up which makes lots of people were so uh also at that time they had um an attendant living with them so like a servant uh i mean they were pretty they were doing pretty well financially thanks to all of his scamming but but sir they made servant money i mean i don't know i guess it was yeah maybe it was mm-hmm. a living nanny okay you know, because they did have the baby and gotcha. stuff. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And he was gone a lot, and she did still have a job and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was probably a nanny, but it, it does just say an attendant. Okay. So they had another person named uh, Shelly Abrams, who was living in the house. She had her own room and everything. And in this uh, fit of rage, he starts pushing her. He starts slapping her around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then he grabs her, he grabs her by the hair, puts her in a headlock, and starts squeezing the shit out of her neck, right? She's almost passing out at that time. But before she does, Mm -hmm. he starts punching her in the face. That sounds a lot like what Crispin wanted to his family. Wow. What? I I just wasn't expecting that. Okay, yeah, no, it kind of does. So he's got her in the grip, and he's fucking jamming her in the face. Mm-hmm. Shelly comes out of her room hearing all the commotion, and she's like, what the fuck? And it says nothing to her. 
or doesn't acknowledge her at all. He pushes Gurley into their bedroom, slams the door, throws Gurley up against the wall, and continues to punch her in the fucking face. Mm. And so Gurley is like, I mean, when you see pictures of her full... Yeah, full frame. She's like all of five foot tall. Like with the yeah. in the investigations and such, the actual detectives and things when they were, um, which I'll get into what mm-hmm. evidence they find. But as they're searching, they're digging through the evidence. They before they were able to match it to her. They thought they were looking for like a twelve-year-old girl. Yeah, because uh, the the picture of this chick shows me that like soaking wet, she's maybe seventy-five pounds. Yeah, this is a teeny is tiny Asian yeah. woman. Um, so he, yeah, he is just wrecking this poor girl, uh, just smashing her in the face. I mean, um, he's, he's he is Mexican and Japanese and German, and so he's <laughs> definitely stronger than some poor little Asian lady, you know. <laughs> so. I mean, just just by blood alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I got all this blood. I've been drinking it for a long time. It gives me powers. Powers uh, of name changing. The blood. And now, yeah, he's trying to forcibly uh, get some of Gurley's. Um, but that's not funny. Mm-mm. You just made a non-funny. Send so, your emails, care of Chris. Shut the fuck. <laughs> so within this... Um, this abuse going on in their bedroom behind the closed door that uh that shelly abrams is, is still listening to um somehow he knocks her into a bookcase or pushes a bookshelf or whatever down on top of her wow uh but that's that's enough and shelly calls pedro next door the old man mm-hmm and save me feeble old man this whole time pedro's thinking you know guys and cool people so he wasn't expecting this uh but shelly tells her what's going on and she she says he's gonna kill her so mm. pedro comes over and goes in that you know opens the door and watches is witnessing dies and just holding holding her by the neck punching her in the face still and, you know, he tries to get him to stop, but he doesn't acknowledge him whatsoever. So being a boss of an old man, he physically throws himself in between them. Good. Good. Telling Gurley to just run, run over to his house. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she does. And <laughs> so, yeah, when that... the. the that happens. Um, da, 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 da. I'm sorry. Pedro's um, like, I thought we were friends, and he's like, No, I'm blue. Lo- I, I don't even have leukemia, you idiot. I'm not helping you, supporting your treatments any longer. Thanks for telling my wife where to run. I know where you live. So yeah, I, I mean, girly uh, mm-hmm. again, as brave as she is, goes ahead and calls the cops mm-hmm. from Pedro's Good. house. Yeah, they show up, and uh, she is obviously, has obviously been destroyed. Yeah. Um, Eyes swollen shut and such. Um, And he was immediately arrested and charged with domestic violence, aggravated battery on a household member, and assault on a household member. And your haircut looks stupid, too. Oh, I'm sure it did at the time. It was Mm -hmm. a fuck, a fugly mullet. Mm. 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 So, mm. Mm-hmm. 
Seven hours. Now this is insane. This, this is ridiculous. Never have I heard of such a, a quick process. Mm-hmm. Seven hours after being arrested, he was able to post bond and freed. What? Wow. What? The least amount of time I've ever spent in a jail waiting an easy release was like, I don't know, 17 hours? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And to add to that fuckery, uh, a year later, the courts dismissed all three charges. Oh, did Pedro die? No, no, no. Pedro's still around. Okay. Pedro's still around. Wow. Um, on another occasion... On the 24th of January, 1999, so just a little over a year later, now that his charges have been dismissed Mm. somehow, um, and she's still with him, they're sitting in bed. What the fuck, man? Right. And they still have this baby. They're sitting in bed watching TV, and just randomly, he turns and looks at her, and he says... Tomorrow, I want you to go and get me a menu from the restaurant at the Hyatt Hotel. And make sure you take the freeway. (laughs) That's so specific. I really don't want to do it. So she, like, she agrees, but she's like, okay. Can I have Bert come with me? And so he gets up and walks away. And a few minutes later, she hears... A noise, uh, I guess, some alarm of some sort in the, within the house that that, like a like a door right, opening right, 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 type yeah. of noise, right? And she's like, she gets up to to go look. Now he's been gone for a little while. She gets up and goes and looks, and she peeks into the garage, <laughs> and she sees this motherfucker hanging out by the back of her car. Around the rear tire with some tools, mm-hmm. and it looks like she's tra- like he's trying to do something like loosen the tire somehow or some shit like that. Okay, and she decides to make the comment, "What are you trying to do? Kill me?" <laughs> wow, people should learn not to ask people that that when it looks like they actually are trying to. Right, because that's just gonna be like. Well, now you know, so the surprise is gone. Yeah, so come here, I'm going to kill you. Well, yeah, because, yeah, he, uh, um, I guess, then just proceeds to get up and uh, decides to shove her head into the car. And she manages to uh, hit the garage door opener and scurry underneath. Mm -hmm. and uh, Just like Indiana Jones. Right, and, and, and roll out and and... Start running. Did she get her hat? No, she missed the hat. But as, as the door's opening, mm-hmm. he starts chasing her. Mm-hmm. She winds up making it over to Pedro's house in time. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> and she's banging on the door. Pedro's wife opens the door and they let her in. And they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Right? Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, he, he's going to kill me. And so... She's so shook that she can't even, like, physically drink the water that they offer her. Mm. She is fucking shook, because obviously he's trying to fucking do something oh, to yeah. her car, you know? Not not knowing what the hell this man is literally capable of now, because clearly he's capable of beating the fuck out of her right in her face. But hey, guys, I need to go pick something up for him tomorrow from my hotel. Do you guys know the best way to the freeway? Just while I'm here. 
You guys have been here a long time. Can you... You know what? We'll talk about that later. Let's call the cops. So, brave, brave girly calls the cops again. And, uh, she's sitting at Pedro's house and they show up and they, they get her statement. And, uh, as she's sitting there telling them what's going on, there's a knock at the door. And she's terrified. So she runs into the other room. And if it's him, he busts in and throws Pedro against the wall. With the police there? Uh, I'm assuming so. Because that, that's what it says. She It mm-hmm. says specifically, uh, verbatim, mm-hmm. she calls the police from their house and then sits down to tell them what's going on. And as she sits there, so maybe not. Okay, she, okay so maybe she's, not. Telling she's telling Pedro, Pedro and, and his wife. wife. Okay, okay, yeah, gotcha. Right, so he busts in and slams Pedro against the wall, demanding, where's Gurley? Pedro does not give her up, right? And I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> and then I guess dies and goes into uh, <clears throat> telling them, well, fuck it, I never want to see her again. Mm-hmm. And he left. That's why I was trying to kill her, guys. Right. <laughs> and so he leaves and goes back home. Uh, the police finally show up and they mm-hmm. uh, get her statement and they escort her to the house to grab her stuff. Come on, we're gonna bring you back to where he is so you can sleep tonight. No, 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 no. Just no, I know. I'm stuff. just saying that's what they seem to be doing anyway. Right. Well, well, she she winds up going and and filling out and and going through the process of getting a, a full on restraining order. Fuck. And uh, it says went to see a doctor. Uh, for a court-ordered examination to document her injuries, mm-hmm. as they said she had numerous cuts, abrasions, and bruises. And the words, husband tried to kill her, appeared near the top of the medical evaluation. <laughs> That's fucked. So she started looking for a new apartment. Hmm. On what grounds? Uh, she only moved about two miles away, which is... Well, you know, even though she knows it's not hers, God damn it, she loves that kid. Mm. Yep, about that kid. Uh-oh. There's more. <gasps> There's plenty more to deal with him. Yes. Good. We'll get into it. Oh, was it him? Was it? I don't think you told me. I've just been assuming. Oh, no, he's still around. No, the fact that it's a boy. Oh, yeah, no. His name is Dimitri. Uh, I did say that. You did say that, but you also said that Ernie's a chick's name, so I don't know who to believe anymore. Certainly not you. (laughs) So, (laughs) fair point. So, the apartment complex that she moves into, yes, is only about two miles away, Mm -hmm. but it is gated. It does have a, a big old tall gate around it. And she, it's a decent sized complex and she moved uh, to one of the rear apartments mm-hmm. so that it was all the way in the back and kind of, you know, tougher to find and whatever. And he's got leukemia. It's not like he's got all that stamina to be looking everywhere. Right. So, <laughs> so um, she was at this point, obviously in fear for her life every day. Right. And, uh, she, cause not knowing what the fuck he's capable of. Um, but she didn't tell anybody where she moved to. Right. Good. Um, 
except not even Ernie. She didn't even tell Ernie. She would go over to Ernie's house, but nobody would come to her house. Although okay. there was this one kid. Uh-oh. Who was a couple years younger than her, but it, it was a guy who, uh, one of her co-workers, who helped her move in. Okay. She did allow him to, to help her move in uh, because he was, uh, he's very protective of her. Like, he, he treats her like, okay, like, a, like sister. a sister. Right, right, right. Right. Um, so genuinely not trying to bang, just right. worried for and wanted to help. Right, okay. yeah, because, cause, yeah, by this point, <clears throat> all her co-workers do know what, what's going right. on. How could they not? Yeah, yeah they, know, they know not to let this guy know anything about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is calling her work mm-hmm. and trying to get a hold of her and stuff like that. I it, mean, isn't that violating the protective order? For sure it is. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Okay. But, um... But, yeah, that's kind of the least of what goes down. So, still, yes, this is the only person that knows where she lives. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So, yeah. uh, Uh, February 9th of 1999, uh, she finally did uh, receive the restraining order, the temporary restraining order. And she gave it to her boss, Kathy, so that, you know, and that's when she let all her co-workers know what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she, she went to the extent of literally telling them, if I ever don't show up for work. It's because he killed me. Yeah. He did something. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously they all know her work ethic is is spotless yes yes completely impeccable um (laughs) so yeah she like i said she pretty much lives in fear all the fucking time um and she filed for divorce uh she has uh she also during that time was fighting to be able to see dimitri because she, you know, she loves the baby at this point. Mm-hmm. She's <laughs> she's gone wholeheartedly into it, um, and by the end of March, though, it, it she wound up signing papers terminating her right to see Dimitri mm-hmm. uh, because basically she figured that was probably strategically better for her own life. Yeah, you yeah. Know? The the more that she fought to see that baby, the more he was going to be able to manipulate. The baby seeing into something that he needed instead, yeah. Exactly. You can't stay away from him if you can't stay away from the baby that he has fucking custody of. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, that that sucks. Um, But uh, in her meager earnings and such, now living on her own, Mm -hmm. she still agreed to pay $100 a month child support for this baby. Now, granted, it's only a hundred bucks, but still, yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's kind of fucking crazy. Um, one day when she left for work and went down to her car, she saw that her front windshield was broken in. Uh, she immediately assumed it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another time when she was driving home from work. And she stopped at a red light, and apparently he just came running up out of nowhere, yelling and screaming at her, uh, told her she would be killed, and that nobody would find the body 
<laughs> he would call the bank regularly mm-hmm. and tried to ask to talk to her. And, you know, obviously they would never pass right, the phone right, on right. to her. But, um, yeah, they, because of that type of shit, they served as good witnesses. Yeah. That, and, that, on her behalf. And that's, that's, that's also what's kind of <clears throat> weird about not just him in particular, but uh, stalker slash abusers that are so persistent in in making contact with their their victim is everyone fucking knows. And like when when somebody I guess gets past the point of not giving a shit if everyone fucking knows, that's when it's terrifying. Yeah. Because yeah. he obviously does not give a shit. Not at all. Not but in the least. At this point, so far, he's not—he's not violent towards other people for you know right. helping her or stepping in his business, other than Pedro. But I mean, Pedro's seventy; he had no fear of that guy whatsoever. Right, and so, he's just always wanted to slap a, a seventy-year-old man. Probably. So, I mean, who doesn't from time to time? I guess I'm waiting until you get to be seventy. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so by this point, he's only been violent towards her. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so like I said, that the, the coworkers were good witnesses and because of all of this shit, uh, they wind up actually having him charged with three counts of violating his restraining order. Mm. And so the trial date was set for, uh, July 8th of 99, um, but you know, obviously that was that was a ways away for her, right? Uh, so her boss Kathy was was a good lady, and she wound up uh, transferring Gurley to a different branch ah. in order to get her out of the area, indeed, um, and help hide her a little bit until the trial went down and all that. Um, and so. Yeah, that that was that was uh, up until that point. Now we can. I think it's probably a good idea from here to to stop it for next time. Uh, well, what's our what's our time frame? We're, We're like gonna, an hour oh, forty shit. something. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, we'll stop it right there. Okay. So, yeah, it's gonna get fun at this point. And. Chris Christopherson here fucking promises me that if he doesn't satisfy each and every one of you, that he will kiss each and every one of you on the butthole. No no matter your bathing preferences or condition. I'm working on an AR version. You know. you know, but for now, it's just, you know, it's just your standard virtual. Um, it's a, it's very, it's non-loving. It's, it's very medical. Uh, butthole smooch. Uh, but, you know, uh, no, he, he's, he says that uh, he's got this uh, in the bag enough to where we can do the next episode very soon. So there will be no horrible, excruciating wait to find out the rest of this story. That's right. Because it's going to get more and more fun. I promise you that. God, if you try to set me on fire again, you son of a bitch. So far, this dude is... Fuck, man. He is just a whole bag of ridiculousness. uh, Everything that I've heard about so far in this uh, episode has been that this motherfucker 
he it's not even like he's a compulsive liar that just gets off on the lying it's that he it's like he he needs to lie but there's really no need for him to lie so but that just makes him want to lie more because he's like well if all of these people who i've fucking uh you know lied to and, and made think that they should have uh some kind of uh you know uh empathy for me and uh it was so easy so now i'm just gonna do it just fucking cuz and i think that's what happens with with a lot of con men is that you know they they try something when they're young they see how it works and they just keep trying it mm -hmm. you know and keep you know keep uh, um uh refining yeah you know and different stories and different people but it's and... funny with him it's like he doesn't need the 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 refining it's like his he dumb enough me. thing already works and now it's i've already used that on all the people i know i gotta think of something else to pile on top of that because you know i, I can't have uh all the dead kids and dead ex-wives and car crashes especially when they see my wife and my kid i mean but but honestly so far it continues to work because he continues to move to different places yeah. so the people he's dealing with are always brand new people and the fact that he uh i finally no i don't want to say grew the balls it would take to kill his wife but the fact that he finally i guess put himself in a position where he couldn't just move and do it somewhere else because he had this actual fucking wife right um you know I, i'm i'm thinking that that's what really is gonna be his downfall is when he Obviously, he was like, well, I have to actually kill her now. So, anywho's, this is, uh, episode is running super long, so I'm going to go well, ahead I hope and say you kids liked it. thanks for listening, and you will hear uh, more very soon from us. And this has been, uh, um, I'm going to, it's a long awaited, unfortunately. Yeah. Episode of See No, <laughs> Hear No, Speak No. Complete. Well, Almost complete. This is a one part. This is the first part uh, of, of what will be a complete story chock full of UFOs, conspiracies, and loiters. And my buddy Porkchop there, who mm -hmm. is looking for some, uh, some uh, you know, lovins and stuff. Mm -hmm. so, Countdown. Three. Dos. And the number one comes after those. And before... Good night, children. Alrighty, kids. See you next time.